0: Hey, hello there. Welcome to another episode of Film Trooper Presents. Film Trooper, I can't even pronounce my own company. <laughs> film Trooper Presents Film Marketing Fridays. And I am um, your host today, Scott McMahon. I'm a fellow Film Trooper. And for those of you who don't know, who are new to the show, um, every other Friday, I don't know, I'm trying to make it a weekly thing, but every Friday, I'm trying to put together a uh, live hangout show. Um, to discuss marketing tips for filmmakers, especially the uber, uber indie filmmaker. Um, Just real quick, those who don't know who I am, um, my background is, is, you know, I went to film school as well and made a ton of crappy short films, but I made one that was good enough to get hired at Sony PlayStation uh, right when it was starting. So I was there for 12 years and I ran the cinematics department at Sony PlayStation, where we um, made a lot of amazing visual effects um, uh, type movies uh for a lot of the games that were being made for playstation one playstation two playstation three uh psp and uh various commercials and so on um since leaving uh sony um tried to hit my hand at independent filmmaking and uh it was interesting uh right at the time the economy impl- was imploding and by attending afm the american film market i remember attending a uh a panel put on, put on by Stacy Parks over at uh, Filmspecific.com, and in the um, panel, uh, this filmmaker had made this film and sold all these DVDs online, u- utilizing online marketing skills, and that was uh, pretty eye-opening. So, the last few years, I've been uh, studying online marketing religiously and online business, and just uh, eating it all up. Um, in the process, uh, last year, I produced and made a feature film. For five hundred dollars with no crew, and that is the Cube right there behind you. And you can check out more of that at the Cubemovie.com. Anyhow, so the thing about that film was that I don't know what I you know I knew that I was doing everything wrong, even though all my training and studying uh, um, it, it didn't really match up to as like a, you know as an artist, you just sort of want to express yourself, and sometimes. Uh, it doesn't always line up to a marketing uh, strategy. So I knew it was, you know, I knew I was making it all wrong. I didn't have a strong genre and um, I didn't have any stars. I didn't have anything really worth several um, in the, in the project, but because it was made for so lo- uh, small, I mean, 500 bucks, I knew my, I would mitigate my risks. Um, uh, with that said, it kind of uh, gave me an opportunity to test out, you know, uh, the market in terms of just, if you just made a film and you place it online, what would happen? Um, what sort of marketing uh, techniques and strategies would you use to get interest to make a few you know handful of sales? Um, and anyway, in that exploration of that process, so sort where of those fitness me as the guinea pig um, has brought me to you in this uh, forum as the Film Marketing Fridays. But today I wanna talk about um, volume versus value. So recently, uh, two weeks ago, I was down in L.A., and I attended the first part of the American film market, which is, those of you may not know, it's sort of like, um, you know, we hear about all these Hollywood films. You know, that's pretty much like 90% what's in the press. Um, But then there's like this subset of the industry, the independent film world. And, you know, there's the film festivals, all this prestige, um, high art value films, that type of thing, international films. But then there's like this market, that actually is sort of uh, uh, less glamorous. And it's in terms of just a ton of different um, buyers from all over the world that need to buy film product to release to whatever markets they have. Um, you know, because I think the difference is here in America, we kind of have an idea, like, you know, you go to the movie theaters or you, you know, buying DVDs, those of you still do that, or you're downloading it, um, you know, you utilizing various formats or you're streaming, you know, content. And through uh, Netflix and Hulu, and there's just a, a you know plethora of different choices. Um, those are still emerging markets in the foreign territories, so they still those foreign territories still work um, on some traditional. Um, Uh, landscape of uh, buying and selling films. Anyhow, so this is what the American film market is. It's just like a a ton of people trying to make deals, sell off little slices of the rights. So if you made a film, you want to sell off like maybe a slice to like the Spanish market or the Singapore market or whatever. Um, Or you're trying to find that all exclusive sort of all rights deal if you have a very attractive product. But, you know, that sort of only makes up Again, a very small percentage of filmmakers, you know, working and there's a ton of filmmakers like call like sort of the uber, uber indie filmmaker that has, um, you know, all the gear like I do, like over the years of accumulated enough gear, you know, it's not like super high end, but it's enough that you can still make a, you know, 1080p 24 frames per second movie uh, that looks good enough. Um, and all the other gear that goes with it to assemble, you know, visual images, to string them all together, edit them all together to tell a story. And there's a lot of us out there like that. And and I think there's not enough, um, you know, marketing discussion um for those uber indie filmmakers. Uh, there is a handful that I follow that I that I have you know respect. Um, I enjoy Sherry Candler's uh work. I enjoy Jason Brutebaker's work. I'm a big fan of Stacy Parks and what she does. But you know Stacy Parks is it's huge in terms of um if you want to know what a sales agent's perspective. Are. But again there's a little slice, little niche that uh, a lot of us out there we're called Uber indie filmmaker um you know could explore and so that's what this discussion today is it's called volume versus value and i'm going to switch over to this uh, presentation so you can kind of get an idea of how all this works um so you should be able to see this okay so we'll just get on to it so volume versus value what does this mean in we're going to just focus on specifically digital sales the idea that you as an independent Filmmaker, put it online and start selling it. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into the, the various different platforms because I, I want to get like more of an overall overview of strategy as opposed to, um, you know, specific tactics and techniques. So, um, so volume, the question of volume is that, you know, you need to have a lot of transactions to make a profit. And that's the game that Hollywood plays or that's the game they can play you know, with the huge marketing machines or a, a major distribution backing uh, your film or various films, uh, they are in uh, different uh, platforms and marketplaces that they can uh, bet on the, the game of volume, meaning that you have to, again, meaning that you have to sell a lot of, tra- uh, make a lot of transactions to make a profit. Um, so what is considered a success on VOD, meaning video on demand? That's honestly, uh technically video on demand is sort of like a, a catch-all that we've sort of just adopted. Uh, vod means something different but for this the sake of argument we're just going to use uh the overall sort of um immediate access all of us have on uh, online so i'll use vod as that uh, terminology right now um so you know digital copies you know if you buy something from itunes you know the physical. This is actually stuff you're buying and you're downloading. You you see the movies are ranging anywhere from 9.99 to 19.99. Um, but then digital rentals, you know, they're ranging from 99 cents to 4.99. So, so believe or not, believe it or not, earning a hundred thousand dollars on VOD is considered a, a success. So this is crazy because you know theatrically, we're used to seeing those numbers of like, oh, somebody put you know a film brought in. You know, a hundred million dollars this weekend. That was an Uber success, hundred million dollars. We're talking about hundred million dollars that was successful on theatrical, where what's considered su- success on video on demand is hundred thousand um, dollars. So you got to ask yourself, like how many transactions are required to be a success? Well, you know, normally doing the math here, you would have to have at least 5,000 transactions for digital copies to make about a hundred thousand dollars. Um, you need twenty five thousand to a hundred thousand transactions if you're just doing digital rentals. Um, so reality bites. I don't know if you ever remember that that movie in the '90s. Am I old? Anybody younger than me? Anyhow, um, twenty five thousand transactions doesn't seem like a stretch for Hollywood sort of high uh, impact um, uh, transactions. Um, but what about the Uber indie filmmaker? Well, the film without any stars or distribution um, can the you know can these indie Uber indie films generate twenty five thousand transactions? You're now this is transactions, not just views. You might see like uh, like a, a trailer on YouTube generating like a million views, but the, the reality is how many people translate or watching uh, trailer to then actually put, you know, um, and then paying for that, um, you know, views versus actual buyers is a whole different world. So, so even if you did generate 25,000 transactions, you have to ask yourself does earning 50,000 to a hundred thousand dollars in revenue match your expectations and profits. So again, if you're out there, you know, yeah, reality bites even harder. If you're out there, you know, most indie films selling on video on demand are only generating about 500 to 1,000 transactions. Now, I need to clarify that these are films that have no stars and no distribution backing. So, you know, if you don't have those stuff in place, it's very, very difficult to get to the 25,000 transaction numbers um again so average earnings on video and demand for a lot of films that don't have stars that don't have distribution are only earning about a thousand to five thousand dollars um so then you have to ask yourself why make a film for five fifty thousand to two hundred thousand if your vod earnings only average a thousand to five thousand again uber indie filmmakers have a very hard time playing the volume game that's what hollywood does that's what formal distribution does um so let's take like a starbucks coffee it's like three dollars you know this is a rough estimate but it's like three dollars per co- uh, per coffee that somebody pays for right well they sell about four million cups you know per day you know so do the math there that's like 12 million dollars of revenue per day um the cost to make this cup of coffee with all the overhead and all the other stuff that goes into maybe two dollars so you know their profit is you know one dollar but again so, the whole point here about the Star- Starbucks coffee comparison is that they're selling a $3 product, a movie product, a $3 rental. We're selling a $3 product. However, you know, maybe we get 500 overall transactions, overall rentals. So, our revenue is only $1,500. And again, the cost of some of these films that are uber indie filmmakers can be anywhere from 25, 10,000 to $250,000. I'm just using a, this as a gauge. So you understand, like, if we're selling the, you know, if Starbucks can sell coffee at three bucks, but it only costs them like $2 to make, you know, we're here making a film product for $250,000, but we're only, we're only really selling a product that's worth $3 per rental. And our overall transactions are very small uh again it's the volume game so and here's the bummer part about a movie product a lot of times it's just a one-off product there's not a lot of repeat customers so you can't that's why you have to that's why you have to play the volume game because if you don't have any repeat customers um, you know it doesn't really work in your favor so we need to focus on value not volume and so that's where the uh, the difference is. If you're going to uh, go down the trajectory of a, uh, down the path of a Uber indie filmmaker and work outside of the Hollywood system, work outside the distribution channels, or I'm sorry, the just assign away any of your rights to your film to any of these companies. And you, you want to be able to just make your own film and put it online to sell. Um, don't play the volume game, play the value game. And this is how you play the value game. So if an Uber indie filmmaker is only generating about 500 or 1,000 transactions per film, um, why sell it for $3? Independent filmmakers can compete. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I can't even read my own writing. Indie filmmakers, again, they can't compete in the, but they can compete in the value game. And this is how, but how, this is how, but how, I don't even know what I wrote. (laughs) Let's go to the next slide. I call it the hundred-dollar film product. If Uber indie filmmakers are only generating again five hundred thousand transactions in digital sales, then let's increase the price from three dollars to hundred dollars. <laughs> You're going what? So if you made a you know you sold a pro, uh, a product worth a hundred dollars and you had only a thousand transactions, that would give you a hundred thousand dollars, and you would be considered a success in the video on demand space. We were like, wait a minute, like who's going to pay for a $100 film product? Um, Again, yeah, what sort of film product is worth $100? So the famous blog by Kevin Kelly, a 1000 true fans. Um, Your film is going to be an advertisement for something bigger. So you have to shift your perspective and say, you know what? my film you know maybe i'll make some money here and there but the reality is is, (laughs) the realities the reality is that my film is going to be an advertisement for something bigger so what does that mean the audience you target will tell you what is worth a hundred dollars to them you only need to provide a hundred dollar value to a thousand interested fans um you know you only need to make it uh, you only need to garner a thousand customers And try to sell them a hundred dollar value for that year or you know you know repeating repeating repeated customers so let's take a look at i've used this example before but i think it's one of the best examples so the film fat sick and nearly dead actually just released uh, it's a film by joe cross and joe cross had um just come out with a sequel it's fat sick and nearly dead too you it's really worth checking out so in the film uh fat sick and nearly dead it's a documentary about his realities of his health. He's an Australian entrepreneur, so he's very smart in business to begin with. But he was uh, severely overweight. He had, was on medicated uh, pills uh, that were just, you know, making him miserable. And he switched to this challenge of drinking nothing, like his diet consists of nothing but green juice, you know, um, all organic, all natural, just uh, fruit and vegetables coming through a juicer. Then he would drink that for, uh, for all his breakfast, lunch, you know, dinner, snacks, uh, for 65 days. And he traveled to the United States to, uh, just talk to people about their eating habits. And what we did is we saw the transformation of where he started and where he ended up, um, was that his health improved. He got off some of the medicated uh, pills. Um, and then only that, but he inspired so many other people and connected with so many people along his journey. Well, it's just a documentary that he's just he as he claims he was just trying to get himself healthy because he was he was a sick old bloke um but the reality is if you went to the film if you saw the film and you went to the website he would have on there uh a link an affiliate link to the the breville um juicer Uh, it's an australian company that he was using so if you The inspiring and motivating, a lot of people would end up just clicking on and buying a $300 juicer. His cut of that was probably maybe 50% for um, affiliate sales. Um, You know, the the film had well over, you know, a million, you know, views just on trailers on YouTube. So if you did like, um, a breakdown, maybe say, one to 3% actually paid for the film. So it's like, that's like, you know, 12,000 or uh, people. Um, if of 12,000 people say, you know, a percentage of that actually paid for or bought a um, juicer, the the gross, the income that would come out of that to Joe um, was quite impressive. Now, here's the interesting thing about Joe is, I'll switch back to my, my big fat face for a second. Um, the interesting thing about Joe is that, you know, he helped Breville juicers double their sales because of the success of the film. And why that's important is because again, the film was a catalyst. It was an advertisement per se. I mean, yeah, he made money and he got formal distribution, but he was able to supersize it, you know, totally under the radar of the studio systems, where you know, he just made a documentary about his health. Um, he shared it, but he put a business system in place to take advantage of of this mindset where people will go, you know what? I gotta get a juicer. I didn't know it worked for me. Um, I got a juicer from after seeing the film. I was like, "Oh, why not?" You know, so um, the revenue from that is a strategy that you can build the hundred-dollar film product as long as you again, as long as we see our films as a advertisement. So let's take a look. at Something like the Cube, my film. It doesn't really have any value. Again, it's it's a it doesn't have any strong genre. It's not a documentary. It's not like a cause film. It's not like uh, health and fitness has always been big people are always looking to self-improve so they're going to be willing to uh hand out the hundred dollars um so that's you know i'm going to get into that later how you can build that up but um just something to think about so if you're in a documentary uh doing that or cause film or something like that um maybe take a look at what joe cross has done with fat sick and nearly dead so let's take a look at another um uh, example. Oh, by the way, I, 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 activated the question and answer app. So if anybody's out there, you're more than, um, welcome to leave a question as I'm going through this presentation. Um, let's see here to do. Okay. So the next example, Michelle, uh, Michelle fan, I don't know if anybody's heard of her, but, um, she's a huge YouTube, um, star meaning that she has done for, you know, years um built up a huge following uh this slide shows that she had like six million fans but now she's well over seven million fans seven million fans subscribers and what she does is do these you know videos about u- utilizing beauty products and how they make her feel how they how she applies them um, and here's the kicker so she uses a free platform making videos again you're like wait this is not film but you know open your mind see sort of how the business model would work she utilizes her the platform or YouTube to establish an, um, the personal brand of Michelle Fan. and she's per, you know personable, likable, and people follow her. And she gives good advice about um, beauty and makeup um, and beauty and cosmetic products. Well, then you you know add that to what does she sell? She actually had um, put together like this membership program. so if you pay ten dollars a month, She would send you a care package of of the beauty products that she was uh, discussing on her YouTube channel. Well, you know, let's take a look at the, you know, mathematics here. Um, Right now, she currently has over 7 million YouTube subscribers, fans. Um, I wrote this uh, article um, for Ted Hope's site, uh, Hope for Film, about why 1% was the most important number for filmmakers. Essentially there's this weird universal rule or law that 1% just kind of works in everything uh, around in our lives. Um, In terms of this metric, we have to assume that even though she has seven million YouTube subscribers, um, maybe only 1% is going to be truly engaged or willing to uh, participate in that $10 a month value. So she would only really have 72,000 active subscribers. Um, but you add in a $10 a month beauty care package, you do the mathematics $10 times 72,000 people, um, you know, to be specific, uh, accurate here 70 72,465 people. people, um, you know, she's earning an income of 70 dollars a month, annually, that's, you know, over $8 million or over eight and half million dollars. However, once you sort of generate this type of money then you are opened up to other business opportunities and she has just been um, her company and who she is is just recently was uh, evaluated as 84 million dollars again this is somebody on youtube making video making film product making uh, content that she is then sell it's an advertisement that she's selling something bigger and um again so if you're in the youtube space this is a, a fantastic just a fantastic model to look at um so what if you are trying to make a genre film you're like well yeah this is great for documentaries this is great if you're a youtube um, star Um, but what if you're just trying to make a horror film a comedy film a drama film or you know a family film well let's take a look at um an old school one uh something like napoleon dynamite You know, the film was reportedly made for like $400,000. I think today, 10 years later, the film could probably have been easily made for maybe $100,000, if not even less than that. Well, you know, uh, yes, they had an amazing push uh, between uh, Slamdance, Sundance, uh, and it just kind of did really well on the the DVD market at the time. Um, Just really connecting to middle school kids and those adults that got the sense of humor that understood it well you know 10 years later it's still in the psyche and you can't um help deny that it had merchandise value you know you got moon boots you could buy you could buy the vote per pedro t-shirt you know um if you collected enough um memorabilia m- enough merchandise uh, put together it could be a hundred dollar value you know uh, as long as your film advertised this unique psyche that connected with your audience, and then you turn around and knew that you're going to package something else that is worth hundred dollars. So these are just examples. As you know, we go through um, some other ones down the line, uh, or you know, if I find more examples. I would be, you know, I will share them with you. And if you have other, if you guys know other ones too, just let me know uh just at scott at filmtrooper.com but um so this to me was sort of the the way to sort of break the mold of like if you don't have to feel pressured and following the same business models that is sort of being advertised to us and a lot of the the um the blogosphere uh, a lot of the trades the papers you know uh the hollywood system and the and the system of like getting films out there in order to make money from it um you know doesn't always have to be the only way. This could be another way. And this is being uh, done in other industries as well, where they utilize video, uh, film product, uh, film messaging to advertise and sell something bigger, a bigger concept or or a a bigger higher value price point of a product to an audience. And again, you don't need to have like a million people see your work. You're only trying to get, engaged, a thousand customers really so the the number is much more practical but it only it's only practical if you you know offer something of value um, of higher value not volume so um, something to think about something that i'm thinking about moving into the next film learning all my mistakes from this film and getting ready for the next film and trying to lay these things down again i'm not necessarily an expert i'm just trying to connect the dots of everything that i've been listening to and uh, and studying and then and, and share them with you and and see if to, you know together we can you know kind of create another business model that would help the Uber indie filmmakers and uh, not only that but come up with different marketing techniques and strategies in order to communicate whatever value that we have with our film as an advertisement for something bigger and whatever that bigger is we can get creative in the type of products that we create uh, for that audience. Um, that they'd be willing to pay for. So, you know, this is a short one. It's only about a half hour session. But if anybody's there, you can um, go ahead and hit the uh, Q&A um, app. But other than that, that's all I really wanted to address in terms of the concept between volume and value. If you're playing the Hollywood game, if you're playing the traditional uh, film game, yes, volume is needed, which is why you need uh, distribution help, marketing help, Um, different, uh, you know, what they call windowing, you know, in terms of like where you sell your film uh, to maximize the profits. And here's the interesting thing. So at American film market, there's a lot of buzz going around. There's a lot of like hype, a lot of potential, a lot of possibilities, a lot of, you know, either deals are happening or there could happen down the line. So there's this visceral feeling that maybe something's happening, you know, (laughs) maybe something great is happening. But I had this really interesting conversation with a security guard who just—he and I were just chilling out. Our legs were tired from walking around on a bench, and I just asked him, like, you know, what his perspective was of the market. And he was very, um, you know, poignant to say it seemed like those who already had connections or or in the know were only the people benefiting from the market. And everybody else was just sort of maybe hoping to, you know, break through the, the, the gatekeepers to get through. And I, I asked him like, you know, what's interesting about this process is that people are creating a film product or a film project, or, you know, maybe they have a finish or maybe they don't have a finish, but then they would bring it. The whole purpose was to bring it to a few gatekeepers to get that approval, to make the deal. Like everybody was there. Uh, like the whole goal was to make the deal. So that I, I, asked the uh, security guard. I said, "You know what's really interesting? That's missing from this whole equation is the audience. You know, in terms of the film products are just being um, decided by a few gatekeepers to decide whether or not they want to make the deal, whether or not they think they can sell the, you know, the product to different various markets. Um, but nowhere in the conversation of the uh, of the market was where is the audience in terms of their response uh, in terms of um whether or not they would even buy it so but a lot of filmmakers in 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 that space are sort of accustomed to knowing that it doesn't matter if the film does well or not they're just trying to make the deal if they get you know uh, distribution financing if they get that sort of security uh, they, they know that their budget is met then within that budget is the fees that's how people are you know the producers are making their money that's why you see the above the line cost and directors are making their money and say, you know what, um, if I can make this deal, if I can budget this all together, then I can make my fee. And then, you know, hand it off the film to a distribution company, they take all rights. I don't even care if the thing does well or not, you know, cause I know I'm not gonna see any back end money. So it's a different mindset. So what's encouraging for the Uber indie filmmaker is that if we engage, you know, with the audience in terms of building your audience, like a Michelle Fan, or the, all these YouTube stars are doing, they are building their audience um you know again jason Baker over filmmakingstuff.com says it so eloquently when he says look your business is not making films your business is audience you know your audience so whatever you do to nurture and build that audience that is your business so um with that said but once you build that audience and if you know you're only gonna you can't play the volume game you know you can't like sell you know a million uh, transactions or get a million transactions for your film then how do you compete? How do you leverage to make sure that you're not spending too much on your product development, which is your film, like a 50,000 250,000 million dollars in your film, knowing that a majority of it's going to end up on the digital space. And you're playing in the world of video on demand. If you can't get those transactions, then how can you compete? How can you how can we do it? Again, it comes down to value, as long as you understand that you're working with smaller transactions. So you have to create something of higher value, the $100 product. Um, and again, these, the examples I, sh- I showed earlier were just to give your, your brain thinking, like, Man, well, maybe the film I'm making here, I can create this ancillary product and that's, you I know, use the film that I'm making as an advertisement to, to drive sales to that in order to mitigate the risks of what you're putting into you know, your film product. So that way, if you are making 50,000, 100,000, half a million dollar film, uh, you can leverage your bets. Um, me personally, I'm all about trying to figure out how to make uh, feature films for, you know, all, uh, you know, under 10,000, or always keep it around $500. <laughs> That's just me. That's my own personal uh, uh, challenge. Um, So if you let me oops, so I can go back here to the screen share. Da, 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 da. Uh, wait, Come on, buddy. Here we go. Okay, screen share. Okay, so there's our boy Napoleon um my daughter's 12 and this movie just rings so so true now so (laughs) okay um so if you're stuck trying to make your own film right now you know what i offer a free gift over at freegearguide.com and essentially this is an equipment list of everything that i use to make the film the cube Again, this is a film that was made for uh, $500 with no crew. And this just gives you an idea to, to see what is possible. Um, so like if you're stuck, you know, maybe you're stuck because you're trying to jam it into sort of traditional uh, methods of making films or what you think a, a film uh, needs to be. Um, this guide and uh, my experience on making the cube is only there to help you see maybe another option. Uh, just so to un- get, to help you get unstuck. So with all that said, again, uh, you can go to freegearguide.com and um, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for um, hanging with me. Um, If you don't, don't worry about it. This uh, Hangout becomes a YouTube video later on. uh, So if you're not here live, hanging with me, you can see it later. And this is the first time I'm trying to add all this music stuff in here, but um, I'm signing out. Come join me. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.